here he is holding a 12 stick Roman candle, this look of terror on his face as he realizes that no, once you start it, you can't stop it. And there's a fire to, uh, police department right across the street from him. Trevor, how are you doing? I am doing well, doing well. I got a really beautiful uh, picture of a sunrise the other day uh, that nice. I should send to the um, text chain, the uh, leadership group. There's nothing like those for a long sunrise. I've been staying on top of my stuff, uh, which is really nice. I know we, we kind of talked about that the other week. Um, yeah. yeah, can't complain. I have my tea. I have, what, are you, what are you drinking there? Uh, this is my Shakespearean insult mug. So okay. now, okay, the Shakespeare nerd in me realizes that some of these are not insults. Um, they're taken out of context, but the sentiment is there. Um, but this tea that I'm drinking, actually, it's like a mint tea. Um, but I was cooking, and I was trying to be economical about plate usage, not use different stuff. And so I had a little tea plate that I put my tea bagging because you steep it twice, right? So I steeped it once, put it in. And then I was waiting to see it the second time, but I was making bacon, but right. I wanted to cut the bacon. So I basically used the same tea plate that I was steeping my tea in to cut my bacon before I put it into a rice bowl. So this tea has just slight hints of bacon uh, mixed in with it. So it's, a, it's a very unique flavor. I think they say bacon goes with everything. So uh, maybe it's true. It's for not terrible. Uh, it's just unusual. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So today's topic is friendship. Um, and I, I want to talk a little bit about how friendship is hard. You know, I think, especially these days, there's this sort of pervasive narrative that friendships are easily made. And mm -hmm. certainly I find that people are fairly easy to dismiss their friendships, especially friendships that have been hard earned and hard made. Uh, you know, with Facebook, in a few minutes, you can have 10 new friends. And in a few minutes, you can have you can discard 10 of your friends. Mm -hmm. But I remember a time when it was very difficult to make a friend. You know, you sat down in class and you just managed to turn to your right at the right moment when the person sitting next to you was also looking to their left and you guys kind of locked eyes and said hello and from there you you saw he had a, a comic book in his backpack and he said hey you read comics yeah i read comics what's your favorite comic and from that small little interaction a beautiful friendship emerged over many years growing deeper and stronger by the day and we've really, I think, I mean, that does still exist, but we've moved away from that as the primary form of friendship making. And um, I think it's made us assume that friendships are easy to make, but they're not. And there's something to be cherished. Um, I like to kind of give the example of our, our family. You know, we get mm -hmm. a big Polish family. And some of the, you know, 
people in our family are more jockish and some are more nerdy and they're all from different political uh, walks of life and mind frames of mind. Um, and yet they're all part of our family. And mm. at the end of the day, we all love each other. And I feel the same thing is true for the Dojon, you know? We try to never let politics and religion and other divisive topics, you know, play too much of a role here on the mats, you know. Um, but I think it's also really important to look past any differences between us and find the common ground. Um, so on that note, Trevor, are there any experiences that you could talk about some stories from your life. I have some that I want to share. Yeah. About, you know, yeah, you're talking about, you know, you, it's easy to make acquaintances and it's easy to make kind of casual friends. But when I think about the, the real friends, not the fair weather friends, but the real friends that I've had in my life, you know, there's not been that many. Um, and the one that sticks out immediately um, was from, from my childhood, a person who's still a very good friend with me. I still talk almost on a daily basis, um, which I don't really do with almost anyone else, um, even my family. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't talk every single day. But, um, you know, that friendship arose through very difficult means. It, it wasn't easy because I grew up in one, uh, very much immersed in kind of one political climate, and I was the odd person out there. And um, this friend was, was my steadfast friend, despite, you know, social ostracization and, and, you know, the awkwardness that arose from that. And I really, even though it was difficult uh, and it wasn't something that we talked about, it was something that I really appreciated about our friendship is that, um, uh, and not just then, but even moving forward, um, you know, in college, I, I had, you know, a difficult time. I had a number of challenges and, you know, heartbreaks and such. And this person was a friend to me, not because I agreed with him ideologically or because I, uh, or for any reason like that, but just because he was someone that I enjoyed spending time with, for whom it didn't really matter what we were doing. Um, we just liked spending time together. And even though, you know, we were fairly different in certain ways um that's that's one friendship that i've kind of held on to and and uh, i was kind of talking about you know college was a difficult time for me i didn't tell him about anything that was happening to me during college about all of the you know hardships and difficulties and obstacles that i was trying to overcome at that time um i kind of deliberately kept him out of all that i didn't say oh you know i, I got dumped by this person i'm feeling really bad he was a person that I could just go to and we could just spend time together and we could talk about nothing or uh, whatnot. And so, that, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not articulating it in a particularly eloquent way, but uh, I haven't come across many people like that in my life. And so that's why that person is very, very, you know, important to me. And I very much treasure our friendship. I think also there's been certain people in my life who they might be kind of um, quirky and awkward characters, but they are amazing friends. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say, 
you know, what do I mean by that? I mean, like, they're willing to go above and beyond for your friendship with them. And I think that's really an important characteristic to have. Um, you know, I don't know all the details of this particular friendship, but it sounds like both of you were really willing to commit yourselves to one another um, and uh, ride out any difficulties or any, um, you know, hardships you might have and also kind of look past any differences between you, which mm -hmm. I think is really important for developing those friendships. Certainly, certainly. You, you know, uh, one kind of funny story uh, I have is, you know, I used to have a, you know, maybe kids put your uh, fingers in your ears here for a second. You know, I used to have a friend in uh, college, uh, bless his soul, he was the nicest guy in the world, but he was definitely one of these characters, you know, he just, <laughs> he had a very extreme, some very extreme political beliefs mm -hmm. and ideologies um, that were very different from my own, um, but he was just the nicest guy in the world. You know, he, I remember we went to, he was really into darts and we used to play darts together. And uh, we went to the dart shop, which was like 45 minutes away from our, from my house that I was living in. And he actually lived in a different house in, in, in the area. So he came, picked me up, took me to get some darts. And when we were headed back, almost when we were all the way back in my house, I realized that I, my, I dropped my flights. And so he drove me all the way back, 45 minutes to go look for some, you know, a few dollar flights on the ground um outside the shop and sure enough he found him and drove back and i just remember what a like a sweet guy to do that to take his like basically the rest of his saturday not only to take most of his saturday to drive me out there but then to also go take me back to find this little thing that i had lost and um you know but also he's the same guy i remember he was kind of a nudist, and this is why kids, you got to close their ears, you know, he's kind of a nudist, and I remember I, I would come over with some friends, you know, he would, I would have a party, and I would come in, and I would be like, I'd tell him, like, wait in the, in the hallway, you know, because I had, like, like, I'm just going to scope things out real quick, and I stick my head in and I look around, and sure enough, he's over there, just no clothes on whatsoever, <laughs> and I'd have to, like, usher him into the room and throw some clothes at him, say, get your clothes on, <laughs> like, keep coming in, like, you know, and he'd be fighting me, oh, no, this is like, you know, this is how I am, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, and so, but you know what, I put up with it, because he was a really good friend, you yeah. know, yeah. and, uh, you know, I have some other examples, do you have any more examples, Char? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, so I, I told you about the one friend about whom, he was, he was just, he's, he's a person who it was easy to be around and to hang out with. And we just had a very, despite all the other stuff, we enjoyed really spending time together. And we didn't talk about anything challenging. Um, you know, the, the other friend that really comes to mind when I think about really, really meaningful friends for me is one that I made in college. And almost being more different. You know, I, I kind of reference it, you know, when I was in middle school and high school, I was in one, immersed in one kind of political climate. And then when I went to college, I got immersed in the opposite political climate. And I felt the odd one out there as well. And this person, we spent so many hours just talking with each other. And we were very ideologically different, you know. Um, and it was a lot of work, uh, but 
the one thing that was really rewarding about it is that we weren't coming to it from a place of you're wrong and I need to convince you how you're wrong uh, or you're morally deficient or whatnot. It was from a place of I genuinely under want to understand why you think the way you do and why you believe and it was it was a lot of work <laughs> it was a lot of you know let you know it was mostly late nights with some tea or some with some wine or something and just talking and being like that's but I, what about this and 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 kind of just exploring that space together and we've actually come a lot closer uh, ideologically but that's not the basis of our friendship, of our respect for each other. It was the fact that we were both able to come to that space to have that conversation with respect and um, genuinely caring and, and saying, you're a nice, good person, but you have these different thoughts from me. So I, I, want, I want to get to know you better. And that is a friendship that I still have to this day um, I still talk with regularly is, is one of the most rewarding friendships that I have in my life and couldn't, couldn't have been more different from the other one from earlier in my life, you know, yeah. um, but just, just kind of coming back to your point of like, it was work. It was, it was, you know, many, many late nights of talking and hashing it out and, uh, getting to know the person, um, behind all that. So. I know that's what came to mind. You know, you were saying how you and this friend started out pretty ideologically different, and there's been some growth together as you've gone yeah. forward. And that's something that I think people forget. If you make a commitment to a friendship over time, whether you're more moving towards them or they're moving towards you, and let's be honest, the truth is probably somewhere in between your perception and theirs. Um, you guys will find a more harmonious balance mm -hmm. between perspectives. And I think, you know, we, we often talk that like marriage is the only relationship that we make a commitment for. I really think that all relationships require some level of commitment, you know, and I think especially these days, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I, I think I don't, you know, want to, you know, sound like I'm judging anyone or anything, because uh, I'm certainly not, but I think there's been a market decline even within marriage to like making that hard, fast commitment. You know, we've seen a huge rise in divorce and things like that. And I think we look at relationships just in general as more transactional than we have in the past um, as like, well, if I'm not getting what I want out of this, then, you know, why am I staying with this? And I think that's not the right way to see a relationship. A relationship is um, like a beautiful tree that you're growing together and um, you wouldn't just abandon it because um, it will die without you guys working Yeah, out. you know, it's interesting that I, I don't want to go off on a, I don't want to go off on a total tangent, but what you're talking about there makes me think about um, the, the sentiment of family as a relationship. And for us, family is, is super, super important, very, very foundational. Um, but I've heard more and more often uh, this idea that, oh, you know, um, family isn't the people that you choose to be with. You're just stuck with them. And so the, the really meaningful relationships are the relationships that you make through friendship. But 
I, I disagree. I don't think that, you know, the people that you choose to spend your time with and the, your family, uh, one is more important than the other. I think they're both incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Um, and, yeah. uh, yeah, just, just agreeing with what you were talking about. Like marriage isn't the only relationship you make a commitment to. Mm -hmm. Family is often very hard to maintain. And I know even, you know, even amongst our family, there's times that we really, really disagree and we're a very stubborn family. And so those get very bullheaded. Yeah. Um, but we all love each other, you know, yeah. absolutely and unconditionally. And so that, that keeps us through. And yeah, I think extending that to the relationships that you really invest in um, yeah. is very important. Well, I do have one other friend I'd really like to talk about because I think it, it really um, depicts what we're talking about where, you know, friendship is hard and sometimes you come from very different perspectives, but in becoming friends, you learn a lot about yourself. I had a friend who mm. in high school who, you know, he was looking for a friend at the same time I was looking for a friend and we were both kind of outcast. And we met each other and out of sort of a mutual necessity, we became very close, but we were very different people. He, I was uh, more thoughtful and contemplative and he was very rash and impulsive and he was willing to do things that were, <laughs> you know, like a little bit moral sometimes. I'm thinking, yeah, I, I, I know who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a very honor bound individual and we were both fiercely competitive and um, protective of our, our individual values. And so, you know, I thought, you know, I might have to like fight to the death with my friends sometimes, you know, I'm not even kidding you. Like I thought it was going to, it was going to end in bloodshed, but uh -huh. we, I, you know, we're always so close too. like, I always, um, respected his commitment to our friendship mm. and he, always was a really good friend and so I, I weathered that storm with him you know um i just want to give you one example you know there's there's a lot so i'll, I'll do one of the more funny examples um i remember uh he had gone to an indian reservation and gotten just a ridiculous amount of fireworks and he had this big box of them and him and my other friend were talking about how they got these fireworks and whatnot and i'm laying we're up in his attic and I'm laying on the floor and his parents are out of town and um, this was a summer and I'm just like, we're just kind of talking about this, like the fact that he has fireworks and because he's such an impulsive person before I even realized what we're talking about, he's saying, Hey, I'm going to go shoot fireworks out the window. And while he's saying I'm shooting fireworks out the window and I'm sort of bringing the, you know, this is sort of registering to me. Now he's already downstairs, he's already back up the stairs, he's already into the bathroom. And I, before I, you know, I'm starting to kind of pick myself up off the ground and realize, okay, like, were we doing this? You know, like, I don't know if I'm okay with just shooting fireworks out your window. I hear, boo, boo. And sure enough, I bolt up and I run in there and here he is holding a 12 stick Roman candle, this look of terror on his face as he realizes that now, once you start it, you can't stop it. And there's a fire de uh, police department right across the street, and he's 
aiming it up and it's arcing and landing in the parking lot of the police department and he's shooting it down and it's, it's bouncing off the ground ricocheting off the, the, the electric wires and you know just like like no matter which way he does it it's just like total disaster and so he's like he's like oh my god and he looks over and there's this beautiful porcelain toilet you know that's they just remodeled their attic and everything like that and they put in this beautiful porcelain toilet and he chucks it in there and about two seconds go by and boom the whole thing cracks water comes seeping out and uh, it's in that moment they realize that uh, Roman candles are waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he ended up, it was really funny, he ended up spending all the money he had made in his part-time job over the summer to replace that toilet before his parents came back. And I think to this day, they don't even know that happened. But, you know, that's the kind of person he was. He was just, like, incredibly impulsive. And I felt like I was a, um, a sled dog captain you know just trying to hold him back from doing stuff that was totally insane um but you know i also had these amazing memories because of that you know we mm. he was really into fantasy and like medieval stuff and that led him to like walk into a grocery store with a sword on his back you know which is you know borderline uh it, it gonna get us in big trouble you know and walk like desperado style down the middle of the road with a sword on his back you know and the police pulling us over and just you know just this yeah. kind of person but at the same time we had some really you know more innocent funny memories i remember uh when we went to get that sword um we were like, you know what would be really funny if we bought this with all Sacagawea coins. The Sacagawea just kind of come out and it was like a big thing. It was like a gold coin. Like, yes, it's like a gold coin. Yeah, it's like $1, $1 right? The $1 yeah, coin. It's a dollar. So we went to like the first bank in town and we asked them, hey, okay, we we need to buy, we need like $300 in Sacagawea coins. <laughs> and that was like for me. And then he needed like $300. He needed like... You know, it was like we did like a sort of, I can't remember how much it was, but it was hundreds of dollars each. So, you know, it's like yeah. $600 for Secretary Coins. So we had to go to like three different banks. We raided every single Secretary of Coin they had. And uh, we went to the Red Fair. And it was this horrible Red Fair with like, like, it was like a, it had a jousting arena with like a single night, you know? <laughs> like, it, it, that's, that's all it had. Yeah. Um, but there was this one stall where they sold, um, you know, swords, and we went up there, and we had our little, we were all decked out in our costumes, we had a little pouch full of gold coins, and we just tossed it onto the table and said, <laughs> well, take the sword, we didn't even know how many the sword was, we didn't know if this was going to be enough, you know, and this lady was so pissed, she was like, <laughs> she, 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 you know, and we didn't even think about this, but we realized the moment, like, oh, she's got to count all these coins, so she's like, <laughs> He's like, come back in two hours. <laughs> like, count every single second to be a coin to make sure it was enough for the swords. And, um, but, you know, th those kind of memories come out of those really fiery, exciting relationships, those quirky characters that you meet along the way. And uh, I find that the quirkier the character, the better friend they tend to be. Because they don't have a lot of other friends. <laughs> 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 and so they're really committed to your relationship. And uh, you know what? Those are the people that need you the most. And mm -hmm. as leaders, it's our responsibility to reach a hand out to them and help them up. So, you know, I, I really am very appreciative of both those, those friendships. And those are just a sample of, of you know, yeah. people that I've yeah. met along the way. But 
I, I wanted to impress upon our students that friendships are hard and you guys got to cherish them and put some time and energy into making them. You know, we're all going to meet, you, you, you're never going to meet somebody straight off the street who's a perfect mirror of yourself. And if you do, it's going to be a dreadfully boring relationship, you know? So, you know, one thing we kind of wanted to end on is, uh, you know, we do a lot of community events here at the school. Most schools, they do like one, maybe two events a year. And it's a lot like a, um, you know, people just check in and check out. There's no sense of community, you know. Parents just drop their kids off when the class is done. Kids go right off the mats, jump back in the cars. They'll spend two, three years training alongside somebody right next to them and they'll never even know their name. That's really common. But that's not the kind of school that we're trying to build. Of course, we don't want people to feel like overburdened with this need to be part of our community on day one. But listen, this isn't just about building our community. This is about you being successful in your training. If you make friends here at this school, if you feel part of our community, that's what's gonna keep you training year after year. And it's only through many years of training that you're gonna become a great martial artist. So it's in your best interest to make friends. And, you know, I was saying, you know, most schools do one or two events a year. We do one or two events a month right now, guys. That's like 24 events a year. <laughs> this, like, look at the, how ridiculously over the top. I'm prepping, I'm prepping for one right now. Is the, the yeah, yeah. And we're doing two, two. One with Mr. Trevor and one with uh, you know, Mr. McCool. So... You know, cherish those opportunities. Come to those events and don't just show up. Mm -hmm. Ask that kid, hey, do you like comic books too? You know, I see you got, you got that comic book over there. And have that little curiosity blossom into a great relationship that lasts the test of time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a pretty good note to end on. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, until next time, you know, keep training hard and keep making friendships in a deep and meaningful way.